everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. We are excited about what God has in store for this year, but we thought this time of year, at least the beginning of a new year, would be a good way to, to start or to talk about uh, the issue of self-control. I think this is a, around a time for us to say, hey, this is, we could... We need to implement and, and sow the seed of God's word of self-control into the, into the soil of my heart so that it will produce that. And that's what we all need. We all need it to produce these things in us. And so we're, the last 2020, we talked, our word was sow, and we're, we're, we're just excited about what God's going to do in 2021. But as we sort of come down to the end of self-control, we're going to talk about it today, and then we're going to finish it up next week. And then we're going to see where God take, go, goes from here. So the idea of self-control is defined, we defined it this way, giving up the good for the great. Giving up the good for the great. And it's, and, and like I mentioned earlier before, to get you to come back, choosing, choosing to do the right thing when the wrong thing is sometimes more tempting. And so that's what really what the idea or what we want to come around when, it, when we talk about self-control. It's just choosing, saying, I'm choosing, I'm going to do the right, uh, right thing, even when the wrong thing is more tempting. Even when something is good, I want something better. Even when something seems good uh, for me in the moment or in the time, uh, I want something that's great in my life. And that's really what self-control is all about. And so we, we all need that. We said uh, last week, if you watched online, if we are not deliberate about this, we will easily be distracted if we're not deliberate about wanting to have some, some control in our, in our life, if, if it's not a deliberate thing for us, if it's not intentional uh, for us, then, man, we're so going to so easily be distracted and, and sway and move away from what God wants for us. And, and our, our focus is, uh, the goal is, is for us to be more like Jesus and, and the way that the scripture writes is that we're to be holy because he's holy and that's our, the goal for, for our lives. And so, but if we're not intentional about that, if we're not deliberate about that, it, we're going to easily be distracted from that. Today, we're going to talk about the idea of this. If we are not deliberate, we will slowly decay. If we're not deliberate about this and intentional about this, what, ha- what will happen to us is that we will slowly deca- decay spiritually. And so that's, this is so critical for, for us to be intentional and deliberate about um, our, you know, having self-control or sowing the seed of self-control into our life. Because if we're not, we'll slowly, slowly, slowly move away uh, from, from the things of God and we'll move outside of the plan of God. We'll move outside of the will of God. We'll move outside of the purposes of God if we're not deliberate about it. If, and, and we have to be. We have to be deliberate about it. It's like um, department stores. I don't know if you were walking into a mall at all this Christmas season. I, didn't, I don't advise it. Um, but if you were around a mall, uh, and you probably have noticed over the last few years that department stores are dying. Have you noticed this? Uh, that department stores are dying. And, and what happened as a result of the pandemic was it certainly just, it just accelerated the, 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 the rate or the pace of department stores. And so I'm, one of the accesses that we walk into uh, when we go to the 12 Oaks Mall is through Lord & Taylor's. And, and I remember last Christmas, I even bought my wife some boots from Lord and & Taylor. Uh, and, and then now this Christmas, we walk in and it's just like, it's just 
it's just they're going out of business. They got their signs up everywhere. And I don't, I don't mean to be talking bad about Lord and Taylor. It's just the way that it, that it is. Um, and, it, and it's just not just Lord and Taylor. It's all these other department stores uh, that once were thriving. They were once thriving. And then that now they had some other enemies. Like they had like, you know, big box stores like Walmart and Target uh, that are taking and pulling away uh, from their from their business, and you obviously you probably realize too that Amazon uh, plays a, a big part in pulling away from department store businesses, and as a result of that, now when something b- big happened like a pandemic, all that did was accelerate what was already happening. A slow decay was already taking place in department stores. This is what will happen to us if we're not careful. If we're not careful, there's going to be enemies that are, are going to come in and distract us. If we're not deliberate, they're going to distract us. And ultimately, what's going to happen, there's going to be the slow decay spiritually. So we have to be intentional. We have to be deliberate. In the same way, now we, we, when I use department stores, but in the scriptures, they used city walls uh, to give this description. And here's what um, Proverbs says, Solomon says in Proverbs 25, 28. He says, like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. No self-control. Like he's saying, like a city that has, but walls are in ruin, uh, walls are broken down, is, is, without, is, is, a, is a person who has no self-control over his spirit. And so the example, a city whose walls have severely collapsed has no defense against an enemy, right? They have no defense. They, that, that was the way uh, at, that, at that time in the ancient world, that was their defense. Uh, the, their big, strong, fortified walls was their defense against any enemies coming in um, and, 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 controlling, and controlling their city. And so he says that in the same way, a person who has no self-control has no defense against unchecked emotions or, or enemies like that we have. Uh, unchecked emotions are things like, you know, our anger issues and our bitterness issues and our resentment issues and, and our, you know, jealousy issues and the things that we think that we deserve and we should have and, and you know, and our lust issues and, and all the things that we put our eyes on or, or we think about. These are our unchecked. So a person with no self-control over these things has no defense against any of these things that come our way. Any of these things that we feel attacked on on a day-to-day basis. Any of these things that we all struggle with on a day-to-day basis. And so he's giving this picture of if we're not deliberate, if we're not careful, we're going to allow ourselves to move away and to fall away, and then ultimately what will begin was, would be a slow decay of ruin, just like a city wall. And therefore, then the enemies can come in and attack. There's no defense for it. Unless our emotions are in check, unless our self is under control, there's no chance that we have against the enemies that we face on a day-to-day basis. The enemies of anger, the enemies of pride, the enemies of jealousy, the enemies of resentment, the enemies of whatever it is that you face on a day-to-day basis where you feel like you don't have control, if, 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 we, if we, we, we've lost all control and are therefore, therefore we're susceptible to the attack. So there's a story, when we think about walls, we think about a very, very familiar story in Joshua chapter number six. And before... 
this is a story of the wall of Jericho. You've, if you've been in church, you've grown up hearing about the wall of Jericho, right? Uh, nation of Israel, God's people delivered out of Egypt, you know, heading towards uh, the land that was promised to them. They come across a, a river they, that they have to cross. They cross the Jordan River to move into what, what, what this land that was promised to them by, by God. Well, before they can, you know, occupy this land, they have to, you know, defeat some of these different cities that are in, in, this, in this territory. And one of the cities was, was a large, strong, you know, force of a city called Jericho. And they, and God tells God's people, God tells Joshua and God's people, hey, this, I'm going to give this city to you. Consider it done. You already have the victory. Uh, you, you're going to have the city, but here's what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to go up to the city, and then, and for six days, you're going to have to walk around the city one time, right? You know the story. Six days, you walk around the city one time, and, and then on the seventh day, you're going to walk around the city seven times. You know, the priests are going to blow their ram's horn, and, and, and the people, when they, when they do on the seventh, you know, blow the ram's horn, the people are going to shout, and, and you're going to see the, uh, the, the miracles of God. That's what's, what's going to happen. And so they did exactly what Joshua, God told Joshua to do, and Joshua told, you know, the people to do, and they, that's exactly what they did. But God had one rule. He says, here's what I want you to do. He says, but as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban and make the camp of Israel cursed and bring trouble on it. And so God says, listen, I'm going to give you this incredible victory. You're going to be able to take this city that you have no business taking. And, but you need to know something. You need to tell your people that they're not to touch anything. In other words, everything in this city is banned. Everything in this city is banned. You're not to take for it yourself. You're not to do anything of it, to pocket it, nothing. Everything in this city is banned. Well, sure enough, they, they do exactly what God tells them to do. The walls come down. You know the story. The walls come down, right? And they, and they go in, and they, and they get, you know, they destroy. Everything is destroyed, and they take Rahab and her family out, just as God said, promised her what would happen. Well, the next city that they have to take is a smaller city, a city that was called Ai, and Ai literally means ruined, ruined. It was just a little city of Ai, and so Joshua sent some spies out to Ai, and, and the spies come back, and they, say, and they say to Joshua, Joshua, this is such a small city. There's really not a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's in ruins. I mean, their walls are down. I mean, this is like, just, just don't even send our whole army, Joshua. Just send a two, 3,000 of our, of our you know, people, and, and, and we'll be fine. Well, Joshua t- takes their advice, sends a couple, two, 3,000 of, of their soldiers to AI. Well, because what happened was is that about 36 of their men, the Bible tells us about 36 of their men, were killed, and the people from AI were, were winning. They were having victory over God's people. Well, Joshua was like so confused as to why this was happening you know like this was a weak city they weren't even nearly as strong as the people of Jericho and and all they had to do was send in a couple thousand soldiers into this city and they would have no problem taking it but they weren't experiencing any victory so Joshua was going God what what's happening what what's wrong what's wrong and God sent gives Joshua a message and says hey Joshua did you know that there's sin in your camp what do you mean 
Well, there's sin. There's, there's somebody in your camp that disobeyed my rules back in Jericho. They, they, you, I told you, Joshua, to tell your people that everything is banned, that they're not going to take anything from themselves. But there's somebody in your camp, Joshua, that has taken what I've told them not to take. And Joshua, through this, these Old Testament kind of processes uh, that are sort of, I don't know, weird for us sometimes, they were able to discover that it was a man by the name of Achan who sinned against God. And Joshua identifies Achan, and Achan and, and Joshua says, you know, you need to give glory to God, and you need to confess your sins. And so look what Achan says. So Achan answered Joshua and said, truly, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I did. And look what, look what he does. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle, a mantle was a, was a robe, from Shinar, so he must have thought, wow, this is like a beautiful robe from Shinar. Like, you can't find these robes on Amazon anywhere. I mean, they tell me they're not going to be in stock until like March. I mean, this is like, and here's this beautiful robe from Shinar that everybody wants this robe from Shinar. And so he sees this robe from Shinar and he says, and he goes, not only that, but there was 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight. He says, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath it. Now, this is exactly what happens to all of us. He, look what he says. He says, I saw, and then he says, I coveted, and then I took. I mean, isn't that the story of the garden, right? I mean, that's not the story of Adam and Eve. Like, I saw, I see this tree, it's beautiful, the fruit on it is, is, looks amazing, and I coveted it, meaning I, I had to have it for myself. I know I was told that I can't touch it, and I was, you know, commanded not to do anything with it, but I, but I had to have it for myself. I coveted it, and then I took it. I took it. This is the process for all of us when it comes to the issue of self-control. We see it, we covet it in our hearts, and we have to take it for ourselves. This is the issue. This was the problem that Achan had when he went into Jericho. This is the issue. Now, a couple, a few observations that I want to make from this as we understand what it means, what it looks like for us when we, when we lose self-control or we lack self-control. One person lost control and others lost courage because of it. That's one issue when it comes to when we lose self-control. You're not just hurting you, you're hurting others. You're not just hurting yourself, but you're hurting those who are in your circle with you. For Aiken... It was one person who said, wow, that robe from Shinar, I got to have it. Wow, that silver, that looks good. That looks shiny. Oh, that bar of gold. Man, who, who would love a bar of gold, right? I mean, here he's, he's like thinking, but ultimately what happened was because of his one sin, because of his lack of control, when they went to Ai, 36 people lost their life because of him, because of his lack of control. 36 people. On top of that, not only was Achan, you know, punished for this, but his whole family was punished. Not only did Achan experience the consequences of his own lack of self-control, but his whole family did as well. And here's the, here's the point. 
When one person lost control, you know what happened to the whole nation of Israel? When they, when they, when they went into AI, they all lost courage. They all lost courage. They all were thinking, well, God, why would you deliver us out of Egypt? Why would you even let us cross the Jordan River if you're going to let the people from Ai, the people of ruin, ruin us? And they lost their faith and their trust and their courage that God could do amazing things just like he did in Jericho because one person lost control. Everybody lost courage. I don't know if you've experienced that in your life. I know, you know, when I hear stories of people that have lost, you know, their self-control, man, it just makes me think, and especially people that, you know, that I loved and respected and, and, and had great admiration for and believed that they had strong faith and then to hear, you know, that they, you know, gave in to some temptation and they gave in to some sin. I thought, I think to myself, oh my goodness, if that happened to them, it could happen to me. And what if I can't? And, the, you know, and I start to think about these in these terms. And what happens is when one person loses control, it's not just them. It's everybody that has the potential to lose their courage because of it. The second observation that he made that I want to make is this. He had no control in the middle of a time when God showed his full control. I mean, <laughs> think about this. They're, they just saw, they just, all they did was march around some walls. And then they shouted. And they, they watched these walls fall and collapse before their very eyes. And all Achan can think is, Boy, I like that robe. Boy, I think that silver looks great. Boy, I want that gold bar for myself. You see how sad and tragic it is? He's thinking, man, I, he had no control. In, in, you know, he, he lost control in the middle of a time when, when he saw God do like an amazing thing. In the midst of God was, was showing himself and his, all of his power and all of his might and, and all of his ability to do what, what nobody thought that, that anything could, could, they could do. I mean, I mean they, there was all the control. They had no control. It was all God that showed and demonstrated control. And here is Achan in the midst of that going, that, that, I want that, I want that, I want that. What, what was it in, inside of him that he thought, man, I just want this. If, if I have this role, if I have this silver, if I have this gold, man, this is what's going to make me happier when he just was in the midst of God doing something huge. And we all live that way. We live in a world where God is doing something huge and God has done, has done something for us before and he, we've seen his faithfulness and we've seen his kindness and we've seen his grace and we've seen his 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 ability to do something in, in and around us that we couldn't do on our own i mean come on and then here we are just sort of picking from and taking from things of this world thinking that this shiny thing or this new thing or this nice thing is gonna give us fulfill us and satisfy us the way that it's supposed to or we thought it would and it it never does it never does 
And here's the, here's the other thing. When you have to conceal the thing that you covet, you've lost control. When you have to conceal the thing that you covet and took, that's an indicator that you've lost control. Like, I mean, think, think, about, think about this. Achan, right? Walls collapse in Jericho. Achan goes in. I want this robe. I want this silver. I want this gold. And what does he do? He doesn't know what to do with it. Because he can't show anybody what he has. Because then people are going to go, where did you get that robe from Shinar? I've been looking for that thing for a long time. Where did you get that? You're where, why, how, what, you, wait, did you, did you take it from Jericho? Like, how, why do you have so much more, like, you have, like, silver, you have a bar of gold? Who has a bar of gold? I mean, you've got a bar of gold. Like, he couldn't even show anybody what he had. So what did he do? He buried it. What's the point? What's the point? If you have to conceal, if you can't show anybody, if you can't share with anybody something that at one point, at one time or another, you coveted, you had to have, I had to have, I had to have it, that's a good indication that you certainly have lost control. You've lost control. And for Achan, come on, he had God, and he was experiencing God in an amazing way. But yeah, he was trying to take little things for himself that he saw, and he coveted, and he took. It's the issue that we have. Come on, like, when we do that, others get hurt. When we do that, we're just downgrading to something less than the best that God has for us. That you have so much more of God to experience and to give you what you need. Instead, we're settling for little things. Even in the midst where God was showing his full control over everything, Achan still lost control. And if you have to conceal it, You've lost control. You've lost control. So, what are some things? Where do you struggle with self-control? I don't know what yours is. Maybe a few. Maybe some of these. Your tongue. Maybe that's one. Can't control the tongue. Can't control what you're saying. Can't control the anger. I don't know. Maybe another one would be your appetites. Maybe it's your spending. Maybe it's your emotions. Maybe it's your eyes. Or maybe it's your thoughts. I don't know. These are just a few. But maybe one or two land <clears throat> for you and say, you know what? I don't, I've been struggling with self-control in these areas. You know, I just, my tongue, my appetites, my spending, my emotions, my eyes, my thoughts, my, my health. I mean, all these different things that we can lose control on. And when we do, we're just like a city without walls. And we're open to the enemies of, of these things getting in. We're open to the enemies of anger or overindulging or, you know, or debt 
or, you know, emotional instability or looking at things or thinking about things that we shouldn't be looking at or thinking about. All we're doing is just shifting away. And then ultimately what happens is, ultimately what happens is, is that we slowly decay spiritually. So what do we do? Well, there's another famous story in the Bible about walls that were down. And Nehemiah was a guy who, that broke his heart. Hearing that his city, Jerusalem, walls were down after the Babylonian captivity. Some of the God's people were allowed to go back home to Jerusalem after the Persians took over the Babylonians. And Nehemiah was a cupbearer for Artaxerxes, who was the king of Persia. And he hears that the walls are down in Jerusalem, and he asks the king, he says, King, can I go back and can I help my people rebuild the walls? And, and he does. The king allows it to happen. Nehemiah goes back, gathers around all the small remnant of, of, of Jews who went back home to their city to begin rebuilding the walls. They, 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 they started working together. They started, you know, being a part of the, that, this process all together. None of them were professional wall builders, but they figured it out together. And as a result of that, there is always, anytime we try to rebuild something uh, in our lives, anytime we try to salvage something or, or make something better or turn around and, and to make improvements in our life, there's always going to be those enemies that are going to continue to attack. There's always going to be those enemies that are going to try to still get over that wall, even though you're trying to rebuild that wall again. There's still going to be those enemies that are going to try to get in and, and, and discourage you from continuing to build that wall up. And, it's, and there was Nehemiah and God's people had some enemies, and they, and they had names to them. It says in Nehemiah 6.1, it says, Now when it was reported to Samballat, Tobiah, and to Geshem, the Arab, and to the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall, and no breach remained in it. He, so they're built, rebuilding the wall, and Samballat, and Tobiah, and Geshem, they were, they were these enemies that didn't want to see this happen. They didn't want to see the walls rebuilt. Then it says in, in verse 2, Then Sam Ballad and Geshem sent message to me saying, Come, let us meet together at Shepherim in the plain of Ono. But they were planning to harm me. I mean, this is what our enemy wants to do. Our, our enemies want to only harm us. They, they, they only want to hurt us. They only want to bring trouble in, in our life. And that's all they, these enemies want to do. And look what Nehemiah's response is in verse 3. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop? Why I leave it and come down to you? Verse 4, he says, he says this, they sent messages to me four times in this manner and I answered them in the same way. So he's saying, listen, Four different messages. He says, he, and he, every time, every time, it, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Why should the work stop? Why leave it and come down to you? Four times. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Why should the work stop? Why leave it and come down to you? This is 
deliberate. This is intentional. This is, I'm in the business of rebuilding this wall that is broken. And I'm not going to be distracted by anything. Because if I am, if I come down and stop this work, that wall has the potential of slowly decaying again. So I'm going to ignore my enemies. And I'm going to stay focused on my wall. I'm going to keep my wall built. I'm going to keep my wall fortified. I'm going to keep my wall strong. I'm not going to let anything get inside of my life so that I slowly decay and ultimately I die. My focus is on the great work and I'm not going to come down and I'm not going to stop doing that. Listen to me, church. Listen. If you're a husband or you're a wife, you're doing a great work. Stay focused on being the husband that you're called to be, on being the wife that you're called to be. You're in an incredible work. If you're a mom or a dad or a grandparent, you're doing a great work. Stay focused. Don't let anything distract you. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything get in the way of you being who you're supposed to be, who God has called you to be. You're doing a great work. Don't lose focus of that. You're a dad. You're a mom. You're a grandparent. Stay focused. Don't come down. Don't get distracted. Be deliberate about keeping your wall built. Man, if you're in a sobriety plan, you stay focused on that sobriety plan. You stay focused on what what you're supposed to do. Don't let your mind, don't let your emotions get in the way of the great work that you've begun in in, in becoming clean and, 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 you know, free from addiction. You're doing a great work. If you're on a financial plan, keep doing that. Keep working through that. Stay on that budget. Don't be distracted. Don't allow your emotions to rise up and allow yourself to get out of control like you did before. Listen, you're doing a great work. Keep it up. Don't stop. Don't, don't come down. Don't let the enemies go, come on, come on, come on. I got to shine our robe. I've got some silver. I've got a bar of gold. Who wouldn't want a bar of gold? And you're going, no, I've got God, and I'm doing a great work, and I'm, good. I'm being who God wants me to be. I've, my goal is to become more like Jesus every single day. That's the great work that I'm in. And if, I, if I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let anything else distract me from being who God wants me to be and for me to grow spiritually, and I'm going to commit to that great work. Listen to me. You stay on that wall. You keep working on that wall. You make that wall strong as you can possibly be because I don't want to be and I don't want you to be and more importantly, God doesn't want you to be another Achan. Don't be an Achan. When all around you, God is showing himself faithful and good and you're wanting to take some sort of small thing that you covet for yourself because something shiny and new, and more, look better. And you know what eventually will happen? Look, look, what, look what happens to your enemies. When all of our enemies heard of it, and the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence. For they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. 
you hang on and hang in there. Moms, dads, parents, husbands, wives, you, you're doing a great work. You're doing a great work. Keep that job. Stay, have victory over that. I mean, you're, you, listen, you need God's help. And God wants to help you. And eventually over time, your enemies are just going to lose confidence in the fact that they have no stronghold over you. You're doing a great work. If you're like, I don't know, I, so I need somebody's help to tell me what I'm doing. Man, I would be happy to tell you the great work that God has called you to do person that God has called you to be and you and I can't do it without his help we need him because if you're not deliberate you'll slowly decay you'll slowly decay spiritually so next week we're going to be real deliberate about what it is that God gives us to help us live a life that makes much about him and less about the things that easily distract us. Hope you come back next week. Father, we thank you for the example that you give of someone who was just like AI. It should have been easily defeated, but it was Aiken who was easily defeated in his life. And he missed the greatness of you and the things around his life that showed how powerful you are and that you're the all, all that we really need. Above and beyond anything that we wear, anything that we put in our pockets or in our bank accounts or in our bodies or what we see and what we think. You're better, you're better than all of those things. And God, we're, you've called us to a great work. Every single person, whoever's listening from wherever they're listening from, when they're listening, to everyone in this room this morning, God, you've, you've given each one of us a great work. And we're not gonna let our enemies distract us to harm us from staying focused and determined on what you've called us to do. And more importantly, who you've called us to be. So God, we need your help. We all do. We need your help. We thank you that you make yourself available to do that for every single one of us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.